Hey everyone, have you ever wondered what it would be like to have a joke go viral and then have some people think that that one topic is all you ever joke about? And then that's how you meet your wife? Well, join me and today's guest, Zoltan Cassis, as we both share stories about stand-up comedy. Although only one of us has that wife story. Plus, towards the end, we talk about Zoltan's favorite book, Post Office. And this is The Book Pile. If this is your first time here, welcome. The Book Pile is a comedy podcast about the best of books and the worst of books. I'm Kellen Erskine. Uh, my regular co-host, David Vance, is out this week as usual, but we'll be back next week as usual, and we'll be discussing Virginia Woolf's A Room of One's Own, a beautifully written uh, essay-style book, not to be confused with another Woolf author, Remus Lupin, who wrote that book, a room of one's own to chain yourself inside until the full moon goes away. As usual, please feel free to leave us a review and consider subscribing to the podcast so you don't have to manually download every episode. Also, we have a Patreon if you want access to weekly bonus episodes. Go to patreon.com slash thebookpile or just click the Patreon link in the description of this podcast on whatever app you're currently using. Now, real quick... Before we get to today's comedian guest, if you want to see me performing comedy live as a comedian, I'm going to be in Carlsbad, California this Saturday, September 16th. The show will sell out, so grab your tickets as soon as possible. Then Pleasanton, California on October 13th, Then I'll be in Provo, Utah, shooting my next Dry Bar Comedy Special on October 14th. Those shows will sell out as well. There's two that night. Then, of course, Des Moines, Iowa, December 9th through the 10th. Go to kellenerskin.com for all those tickets. And now, without further ado, today's guest is a stand-up comic. You may have seen one of his two Dry Bar Comedy Specials, or his most recent hour special called White Lies, which is available on YouTube and on vinyl. If anything, you have almost certainly seen his Cats vs. Dogs bit somewhere on the internet. And finally, he has a podcast called This Week in Zoltan. This is my conversation with Zoltan Cassis. Again, today's episode is mostly focused on stand-up, but as a quick summary on my feelings of his favorite book, Post Office by Charles Bukowski, which again we discussed towards the end of the episode. This was my first and probably last Bukowski excursion. I love Zoltan, but I had a rough time with this novel. The protagonist is really more of an antagonist. Uh, he does some unforgivable stuff. But it is interesting to find out why this book resonated so much with Zoltan. Uh, and it was really just a fun conversation all around. So again, without even further ado, here's that interview. The first time I remember meeting you, I think it was at Flappers in Burbank. And Oh, that's right. And you'd driven up from like San Diego. Uh -huh. And I was late for this show. And I literally lived four minutes away in <laughs> Burbank. <laughs> But I remember your name, first off, because I also have, like, a unique first and last name, but, like, yours is cool, and that was one of the first things I remember <laughs> about you. <laughs> I've, I've always wanted to talk to you about this, that, like, Kellen Erskine is not... It's a terrible stage name. It's, I'm sure your name used to be, like, mispronounced at every other show, right? Still to this day. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had a uh, the host at uh, the Blue Room in Springfield, Missouri. He gave up in the middle of my name. He said Zoltan. 
And then he didn't even know how to start the last name. He just started laughing. <laughs> and then he looked down at his phone, like looking at it is going to help. And I have one of those last names where like, if you don't have it, looking at it won't get you there. And so he just laughed harder and walked away from the microphone. I'd never seen anyone quit halfway through. It was, it was really impressive. <laughs> Yeah, because usually it's like, sorry, man, I forgot your last name. But that guy was like, no, I mean, I was reading it. <laughs> so Hassan Minaj, uh, me and him came up sort of around the same time. I say that I started a couple years before him. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I do that, too, with a couple names. You're right? like, yeah, we, we came yeah. up together. I, I have five years on them. But, you know. Same time. <laughs> same, yeah. same trajectory. So. Uh, I've never shared this story uh, publicly. Not that it matters, but I uh, I was hosting uh, an open mic in Sunnyvale. Rooster Tea Feathers, you know Rooster Teas. I've been there, uh, yeah. And uh, he was, before the show, he was doing the same thing that you and I have done with countless people. Like, here's how you say my name. But he said, <laughs> he said, it's Hassan. It looks like Hassan. It's pronounced Hassan Minaj. And I was like, cool, Hassan. I remember that because now every time I see him everywhere he's ever introduced, it's Hassan Minaj. And at some point, to me, he made the smart move of like, sure, yeah, that's my name. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah his, his name got Ellis Islanded by show business. And, he was, <laughs> and they're just like... <laughs> I think about that with my name because my last name is phonetically it's spelled Erskine. Right. But for some reason, my whole life I've had to tell people, no, it's Erskine. I know what it looks like. <laughs> but like, why not at some point in all of my generations, did we not just go, fine, yeah, you know what? That is how it's spelled. It's, uh, you know, Brett Favre went through that because his R is after the V and it's clearly Brett Favor. But they're like, he's like, uh, no, it's 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 Farv, and you're like, all right, sure. I guess. <laughs> sure, it's Farv. I'll just take my four hundred million dollars. Yeah, <laughs> it's whatever you want it to be. <laughs> I will say that I I think the one advantage that we have with our names is that like any time that someone wants to Google us, we come up immediately. Like no matter, you could be so off with the spelling, like you for will, sure. Yeah. You're going to find Someone has typed in, yeah, like, comedian Calvin Urkshins, <laughs> I will pop up. <laughs> you, you put comedian and Z, and, and just, <laughs> I, I hope I'm, like, the first one, you know? So you and I both, did you do Dry Bar that, that first season? I think it was technically the second one. I recorded in 2017, though. I really went up there to record with no pressure, because I'm like, I just looked at it as, like, the immediate paycheck and I might get a good tape out of it and see you later. And then it ended oh, up becoming sure. <laughs> like this first catalyst of like letting me sell tickets on the road and, and having like a little bit of a fan base. It ended up becoming this th everything in my career, Kellen, that I thought was going to be something turned out to be nothing. And everything that I thought would be nothing turned out to help me. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's so weird. <laughs> Isn't that so? It's say I think it's it's such a valuable like lesson about success, though, is that you can never really like. That's why it's so crazy to me when people have certain goals. Like I've learned that my goal just needs to be 
uh, I'm going to write this many new jokes this week. Because everything other than that, you can't be like, I'm going to be on a TV show. I'm going to, you know, because you're absolutely right. Like I get on Conan and I got like six, like no exaggeration, six or seven new Twitter followers the next day. <laughs> <laughs> and, and i still love that i mean for me it was just being able to meet conan and have him like announce me on stage it was surreal and that was i realized now it was really just all for me because that's then, exactly what it was yeah it was you for know you. I'll, <laughs> i repost some dumb bit i did on penguins and that gets two million views <laughs> And however many tens of thousands of followers, you know, I'm like the kind of comic they pick for like, hey, we're starting a thing and we need someone to do a, a decent job, but also someone that's not too good for this. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like well, well, let Zoltan have a swing at it. I'm like, all right, yeah, I'll go yeah. give it a try. <laughs> that, was, that was me, too. It was pretty much like, do you have 40 minutes clean? Have you ever done it anywhere else? No, good. Yeah. Like, but don't you want to see it? They're like, nah, just come here and do it. <laughs> oh, I love that. I loved how not, because th- I mean, you're someone that's done late night where they go through, they comb through your set, right? You have oh, to go back and forth with like, oh, this joke and this joke, whatever. And then it's <laughs> like, then you do dry bar and they're like, yeah, just, uh, just don't talk about like these list of things, but do whatever you want otherwise. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) People are like, you seemed so relaxed up there for your first special. I was like, it wasn't going to, I didn't know it was going to be anything. (laughs) Yeah, it was relaxed because I didn't care. Like, yeah, (laughs) I I wasn't nervous before. That's when you get your best work, when you're loose and you're just having a great time. It really is. Like, I, they wanted 40 minutes and I didn't have 40 that I wanted to burn. So I honestly, I only prepared 30 and I was like, I'll just do 10 minutes of crowd work each show and then that'll turn into 40 minutes when they put it all together. And then, like, I, one of those clips ended up going pretty viral where I'm talking about like asking people about their high school mascots. I love that clip. That's so funny that that was crowd work. Like, that was like, oh, I'm going to use that as filler. I assumed watching that, that that is something you do on like every show. It was something I used to ask, but what I wanted was like, like the questions that I asked is I want unique answers because I think audiences are smart. Right. And like, I think you and I have seen enough comics where they ask a question and someone is going to have an answer they want. And so something is ready to go in the chamber. Exactly. So that's why... That one specifically, if I'm asking people about their high school mascots and I have a joke ready for like the bears and the eagles and it's like, well, yeah, everyone is those things. So that's why I like questions that have that require, you know, odds are there's going to be more specificity. And even then, people would still, I I don't read uh, internet comments anymore. Like my wife helps me like filter through them. She just reads the decent ones to me because I got scarred so so much from coming through them. But even then, like looking back to the comments on that, there were people in the comments who would be like, oh yeah, comics, they plant people all the time. Like on that bit. Or like you think you think I paid someone to yell out beat diggers like how but it it hurts double because it's like not only are you accusing something of me of something I don't do but you you're trying so hard to convince everyone that 
there's no way that someone could do that, right? Could make those jokes or could be, there's no way that guy could be witty. Right. Yeah. There's no without... way that guy could be talented. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> My least favorite is when, ever since Joe Rogan called out Carlos Mencia for joke stealing, which was a good thing that he did. Yeah. But what it created was a bunch of comedy police that just accuse everyone of joke theft because you said the word couch in your joke and this other guy <laughs> yes. has a joke oh, that's man. completely different, but he also said the word couch. <laughs> I'm sure you've had this happen too. I have people lip syncing my jokes on TikTok, not crediting me, and then other people will DM me accusing me of stealing my own joke. Oh my God. In in a way, I've done that to myself because I cut my hair. <laughs> there's a, there's a video of me with long hair doing a joke, and then there's a video of me with short hair doing the same joke from a different recording. That's amazing. And people are like, "You stole this joke," and then finally, I'm like, "Did I steal it from a guy with long hair and a beard? Because that was me." Okay. <laughs> But I appreciate your due diligence of trying to protect my work from myself. <laughs> One last question uh, about Drybar. So you and I both, we both had clips that like they reached the tens of millions. I had a, mine were like the bike lock and, and a bit I had on grocery carts. And that one, it got me some very specific gigs. Like I did, I performed for the Christmas party for Savon in Canada. Like the- That is awesome. The grocery store, like for the executives. It was wow. like, it was this big, the best part of my set was I asked them beforehand, like what their rival companies were or whatever. <laughs> So the best part of my set, I should have closed with it. The middle of my set, I just roasted, I roasted Walmart because that was their big food competitor and they loved That's it. beautiful. Like they were eating it up. And then I went back into my tried and true stuff and they were just like, whatever, we want to hear more about other grocery stores. <laughs> Just I just fizzled out so bad. But that whole show, I got that. My agent called me and he was like, look, we got an offer from Savon. They love your grocery cart bit. They want to know if you can do 60 minutes on grocery stores. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I mean, how much? I'll try. Weaving grocery jokes here and there. Yeah, but they definitely didn't want, uh, you know, to hear my Revenant DiCaprio bit as a closer because I had nothing to do with, you know, frozen chicken. <laughs> but I wanted to ask you, like, you had clips go viral, like your cats and dogs bit. Like, did you get any, like, specific show requests because of those jokes? Oh, dude, I, I, uh, I did a show at a cat convention because of that. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. A convention? I had no idea these things existed, but I got an email one day. They're like, would you like to perform at a cat convention in San Jose? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I guess I will. And I, it was the same situation where it was like they wanted me to do an hour. But I told him, I'm like, listen, I don't have an hour of cat jokes. I have six minutes. And you saw it. Like, you saw it. Like, that's all of the cat jokes that I have. Yeah. And they're like, that's cool. Yeah, just do that and then do your regular set after. And that's what I assume the other performers, because they had other performers at this cat convention. There's mm -hmm. a cat rapper named Mosho. And, oh, no. and I, after my set, I'm like, I want to go see his set because I assumed he did what I did, where he had like one song about cats 
he did a 45 minute set on cats dude every <laughs> every song everyone was, else he had a song where the crowd chanted he goes what don't we do and the whole crowd's like we don't declaw and it was like oh, no. it was insane but no it ended up being great like i met my wife there because she started oh. a cat yeah my, wow. my yeah my wife was a. Uh, she had a cat e-commerce business. So it ended up being this beautiful thing. But yeah, I, I did two cat conventions. Well, that's amazing. And that's a beautiful story that the, that came. Yeah, that came from that that came from Dry Bar. And then that came from the cat convention. So, you know, you never know what's going to lead to what. <laughs> Again, going back to our analogy of success, yeah. you can never predict <laughs> no. what your rom-com life story is going to be yeah so with this book you brought to the table today you said it's your favorite uh i always like to know what someone's experience is with their favorite book like the first time you read it how did you hear about it because i've been doing this podcast for almost three years now and i find that books are like songs each one means something different to different people right like i read this book last week after you told me about actually listened to it to be on i'm a very slow book reader Okay, but, yeah, me uh, too. Of I'm a voracious book listener and there is <laughs> <laughs> But but yeah, this book uh uh Post Office by Charles Bukowski, I picked up at LAX uh at the airport. I was on my way to fly to Europe to do the Fringe Festival and yeah. um I needed a book to read and I was going through a breakup at the time, so I was really sad. And as you are during a breakup, you know why it was his name Bukowski stuck in my head because I had recently been to Boston and I went to a bar called Bukowski's and they had all these little poetry <laughs> clippings on the wall. And I'm like, who's this Bukowski? And huh. uh, the bartender was like, oh, he's a famous poet. And I was like, oh, okay. And I never thought about it. And then a few months later, I'm at the airport buying a novel and it said Bukowski. And I was like, oh, yeah. And then so I just picked it up. And uh, I started reading it on the plane. And I'm a slow reader, too, except for Bukowski's writing. His writing is mm. so streamlined. He writes like a comedian. There's no fat. Sure. And so uh, uh, I was I rip through his books super fast. I don't know. I just related to like his jaded view on life and love and, and work and chasing your dreams where he's jaded and negative, but in like a very optimistic kind of beautiful way. He finds beauty in rock bottom, which is uh, kind of unique. What was interesting to me is there are parts where, especially towards the end, uh, where the, he really humanizes this character, this sort of autobiographical character, like when he loses someone. But I also don't know that I have ever disliked a protagonist more. <laughs> like in that, the, especially the first half of the book. But it's so funny too that like you came at it right after a breakup and that this would speak to you because that's very much like, <laughs> like his, it, 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 his That's attitude. the perfect time. Yeah, that's the perfect time to read his work. And then because <laughs> I've read a lot of things like negative things about Bukowski that He's like a sexist and all these things. And I was like, yeah, I guess you can't argue that. But I, I kind of like the way he wrote a, as a comedian, the fact that there's no fat on his writing. Everything's to the point. And he has like these really juicy sentences, these nice quotes that really stick with you. Like I found myself rereading sentences a few times because I'm like, man, that's just a really perfect sentence, like a way to break down life or a way to break down work. 
or way to break down love. Like it, he can really break it down in a in a in a short, concise sentence. Oh, I wish I had the quote. There, there are a couple times where I could absolutely relate with the way that he expressed having worked at this post office for like three years, and the the way that he expressed starting to get congratulated by other employees who had been there for a long time and that feeling of like but no i don't want to be good at this like i don't want i don't want to be because that the subtext of that is like i've been here too long if i am now good at this job that i hate and all of it makes it feel like you're further and further away from your dreams yeah because he (laughs) and that's why i related to it it was all those years of like having day jobs while also doing comedy at night and just like man wouldn't it be great if comedy could be my day job and i at the time that i read it i had quit my day job for two years so i was in that fresh stage of like doing comedy full-time where it's still there's a fear that it's going to get taken away and you're going to have to go back and get a day job. Oh, yeah. Which that fear is always with me, but it's less <laughs> now than it was back in 2017. <laughs> the sexism part, I mean, to be honest, a lot of it is pretty sexist. But what I what I understand what's what's funny to be and very real, I would say every straight person becomes a little bit sexist right after a breakup, right? Of course. <laughs> like, that's when you make all those dumb comments of like, oh, women, right? And it's like, no, it was just that one. Yeah. And maybe you were the bad guy. Because I'll be honest, there were parts of this book where I was like, did Ian Fleming write a book about a guy with a blue collar job? <laughs> <laughs> and also, all, all of his kind of ideas and sexist views on women all of the women that he interacts with or seemingly i think throughout all of his novels are going through a rough patch and a downtime and that's why they're with him because he's going through a rough patch and a downtime so neither of them are really in a healthy place to have a good relationship so that's why like i i mean i agree with all the criticisms of him but i think if you read it one line maybe deeper you kind of see him saying the same things about himself um, but you can also yeah. make the argument that he isn't doing that. So, uh, you know, it depends on how you look at it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that makes a lot of sense because he does he does some horrible things, but it, he never acts like that was the right thing to do. So he's, he's not like a hero who is justifying bad things. Right. But I, I also have this, I call it the Goonies effect, where like whatever stage of life you're in when you experience something, then no matter how much you change or grow or, or in the future, like you still experience that thing the same way you did that first time. Because I call it the Goonies principle because I... Uh, I didn't watch the Goonies until I was 26. And when I did, it was a group of other like people in their mid 20s who all grew up with it. And they're right. losing their minds watching it to get they're quoting it before the character is saying the line there. La- and I'm sitting there going like objectively, this yeah. is a boring, <laughs> dumb, illogical. It's not a good movie. Right. <laughs> but if you grew up with it, it is a good movie. Like I love Willow and I absolutely understand it is probably a bad movie (laughs) (laughs) i have that relationship with the metallica album called saint anger it's like undeniably one of their worst albums but (laughs) a lot of their themes because the lead singer had just come out of rehab so he sings about like this confused anger and all this kind of stuff 
I was in high school, so I related oh, sure. to those lyrics. Lyrics like the unnamed feeling that seems to be in you, and you're like, yeah, what is that feeling? Now, if if I listened to that for the first time at 36, I'd be like, this is horrible. Uh, but like at the time, it just connected with me then. So yeah, you're totally right. The Goonies effect, that as you call it, works in uh in on so many different pieces for so many different people. Oh yeah, and once those like those synapses are connected, like they stay that way forever. Because I'm sure that even now, when you listen to those songs, right, you feel those feelings that you did as a as a teenager. Yeah, that's why like you know Limp Biscuit can go back on tour. Exactly. There, I don't know. Nickelback is a punchline, but Limp Biscuit, I don't know of a band that's more like hated. But there are still enough people who loved them during sophomore year in 1998 that they're going to buy tickets for the rest of their life. Just to see what they look like now. And, and, to, <laughs> and to connect with, with songs like Break Stuff. <laughs> oh, man, this has been uh, super fun. Uh, thanks again so much. Uh, so much for your time. For sure. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. And thank all of you so much for listening. If you subscribe to the Patreon, you'll have access to an even deeper dive that Zoltan and I had about stand-up comedy, including stories about each of our experiences with appearing on America's Got Talent. Quick teaser, neither of us had a good time. All of that and more on this week's Patreon bonus episode. And either way, I'll see you next week with Dave Vance. Now cue that end music.